Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. This episode is brought to you by Social Distancing. So today I want the listener, if you could please close your eyes for a moment, but not if you're driving, close your eyes for a moment, at least figuratively, and think about someone in your life where you have the most closeness and highest degree of vulnerability with that person because of some shared experience that you have in your past. I'll give you a second. Think about them, see their face, think of their name. Okay, so today I'm going to introduce you to that person in my life who we have the highest degree of closeness and vulnerability. It is indescribable because we both survived a three-year Masters of Fine Arts in Acting program, which is like being locked in a cage together for three years naked. Her name is Conan Morrissey. It's C-O-N-N-A-N. Conan Morrissey is a professional actor, and she is also a communications coach to executives and other uh, business leaders. And I brought her here today to riff on the topic of what is good communication. I have a passion around this topic because I believe in all of my business experience, you can be the smartest person in a room. And if you cannot communicate your ideas in a way that is understood by others and is compelling and influencing others, you have not made a difference. I love this topic, and I am thrilled to have an excuse to spend time with Conan Morrissey. Oh, Donna, I'm thrilled that you asked me to be here on your podcast. I just love what you're doing. I love the message that you're sending out there. I think there is no one who is more qualified, uniquely qualified than you. Uh, you have seen both sides of the coin, um, and your curiosity is inspiring. So uh, thank you for oh, I appreciate it. We're going to have fun. <laughs> Always. Always. So how about we start with your core values? Because I do like to start there with everyone. I love that. And I also love how um, what a challenge this is to actually kind of put it into words. Um, I have three core values. Mm-hmm. Um, in my life right now, I do not know if they were my core values 10 years ago or they'll be my core values 10 years from now. But okay. um, right now, my first core value is curiosity. Okay. I think it is vital to being on the planet to try to figure things out. It also gets me out of bed in the morning to ask questions. My family always makes fun of me at the dinner table when I'm trying to get them to tell a story. I always ask much more questions of the person that they were in conversation with than they did. And 
<laughs> they always tease me and give me a hard time. They're like, well, why didn't you have that conversation with the person? I'm like, well, if I had been there, I would have. Why didn't you ask A, B, and C? So um, my second core value is connection. Okay. You know, E.M. Forrester talks about only connect. Um, and that's honestly that what drives me to the theater, um, keeps me an actor and keeps me as a communication coach. It's about making mm. that connection between people. Um, my last one I had a little bit of trouble with, and I think I came up with adventure. Oh, I yeah. love a sense of adventure. You and yeah. I have met many trips planned together. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh. <laughs> That's a great one. Um, so let's start with the basic. What makes someone a good communicator? Uh, well, I think that everyone gets out of the bed in the morning and wants to communicate their story, uh, but it's a skill just like anything else. And we spend so much of our lives and our time on the planet, you know, in education, learning how to do the thing, right? Mm -hmm. We learn the methods by which to do the thing. And then we get out of school and we're ready to do the thing. And then you do the thing for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, and then nobody wants to hear about how you do the thing because they, everybody else in the room already knows how to do the thing. What they want to know is your story. And the story is of your own experience and the challenges you've met and the things that you've overcome and what you want to do in the future. And good communication does that. Mm. And I work a lot of, with um, women in particular who are kind of at the mid-stage of their career who have incredible amounts of experience and mm -hmm. you know big wins in their pocket. But the thing that they have not been able to do yet successfully is to translate that and tell people about it mm. because they keep expecting people just to know. Yeah. And really, you and I know, yeah. especially as former actors, everybody really only knows their own story. Mm -hmm. And good communication is being able to tell that story. Yeah. So good communication is being able to just to do that clearly and with some sort of intention um, and you have knowledge about your subject. But excellent communication is that next step, which is transformative for your audience. It's about uh, having confidence, uh, being that speaker. It's about having a sense of humor. And it's also about being uniquely you. Mm. What is your unique, authentic story Mm -hmm. that uh, can take that can transform the audience and take them somewhere. Yeah. I suspect many listeners have listened to TED Talks. Right. And what really strikes me about TED Talks is obviously they're well-prepared. Mm -hmm. right? they're, they're very structured. They have a beginning, middle, and an end. And they're obviously very well-prepared. The people know where to walk on the stage. And you can tell that it is thoughtfully prepared. What is fascinating about it is not all of them are what you and I would have called a great communicator. Their right. breath may be very high in the chest. Right. They don't come with the actor skills of breath control for days and projection to the back of the room. But what makes them so effective, even though they're having trouble breathing because they're so nervous, is that they're so authentic. Right. And it doesn't matter that their breath control is doo-doo. <laughs> they are authentic in what they're communicating and they're nervous because they're a human being on a stage. Right. They're not a performer. Right. And I, I learn a lot from watching the TED Talk people because it continues to remind me that there is a risk of being over-polished 
in a communication. Well, the thing about TED Talks too is that they give them a very prescriptive framework in which Mm -hmm. to perform their piece, whatever it is. It has to be a certain amount of minutes. Uh, They they are rehearsed, they are directed. So a lot of those folks are probably playing to their notes Mm. for the notes that the director has given them uh, while they were rehearsing, which is something I also want to talk to you about uh, later. Um, And the thing, all of those nerves, yes, I mean, giving a presentation is a stressful thing, Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of those nerves come from the energy of people wanting to communicate Uh clearly and effectively. Yeah, And really the best way to do that is practice. Yeah. It's it's really, I'm sorry, you have to yeah. rehearse. And you have to rehearse in high stakes situations. You okay. can't just rehearse with your dog okay. or your spouse. Uh-huh. You have to rehearse with in front of people who you care about and who can give you feedback mm. that is important. Okay. So give me an example. What, what are we rehearsing? This might be how you introduce yourself in a job interview. This might be a yes. presentation to a client. Yes. All of that. Okay. If you are going to rehearse, I mean, literally the word rehearse is to rehear. You have Mm. to say it out loud. Mm. You have to say it in a variety of different ways. Mm -hmm. And please, please, please don't memorize it. Uh. You may have certain things that you want to hit, like my name is Conan and this is who I am and this Mm -hmm. is what I do. Um, But if you memorize a specific text, I guarantee you that's going to put more pressure on you to deliver that text the way that you wrote it rather than mm. to deliver that text with impact. Mm. You and I both know in the theater, the actors are contractually obligated to tell the playwright's words in the exact order yeah. <laughs> for the audience. I mean, that's the contract that they sign. Right. Um, when you're giving a presentation, you don't have to do that. You can have a lot more play. And if you hold yourself to an idea or an intention of what you want the audience to do or to feel or to think about that is so much more effective than trying to deliver that with a prescribed text. Let's talk about intention for a moment. I like to use, I like to coach people on intention because if you start with why am I going to even say these words? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is my intention right now for even speaking Sometimes that takes care of itself. Of course, you know the content. You're the expert in an area. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've rehearsed what you want to say and you've written it down and you've practiced it. But if your intention is clear, it seems to help with some of the authenticity and it seems to help the, the delivery of your message be much more natural. Absolutely. It also takes the focus off of yourself uh, because you're it. thinking about your audience. That's it. And so when you do that, when you're truly doing that, you stop thinking about where your hands should be, about where right. your breath is, where you are in the room. Mm-hmm. You're doing all those things naturally. You're making eye contact, you're breathing, you are making complete sentences. Yeah. And you can also see how your message is being absorbed, mm. right? If you don't have a true intention, um, you're just thinking about you and like how are you going to get to the next point. But if you have a true intention that's connecting with someone... yeah. You can see it on their face. You can see their head nods. You right. can see them writing things down. Um, and that's the point of connection that's mm-hmm. so important. Mm. 
Yes, I want to connect the dot. Many of the listeners are going to be very familiar with, they may work for companies that are very customer-centric. And we're trained to keep the customer at the center of our thinking and to be customer service-oriented. Intention is similar, isn't it? Absolutely. If If your customer in this case is the audience receiving your message and your intention is clear, you basically are being customer-centric. Absolutely. Receiver-centric maybe is the communication (laughs) term we can invent in copyright. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. The best speech that I have seen recently was the uh, Queen Elizabeth speech around the COVID experience uh, last week. It's four minutes long. Um, She was clearly using a teleprompter. Uh She's 93 years old. Hmm. Might be allowed to use a teleprompter. (laughs) She's allowed to use a teleprompter. But the thing that she did so effectively Mm -hmm. for me as her audience, well, I'm not even British, but I'm her audience, um, was her sense of steady on, you know, that her sense Mm. of calm, Mm. her sense of hope, Mm. the fact that she was a living legend, she's been through it all, she knows we're all going to meet again. All those yeah. things. The one of the other people who I think is a great uh, communicator is this um, priest named Father Greg Boyle, and he runs a service organization out in LA called um, Homeboy Industries. Okay, and he takes gang members off the streets and mm. gives them jobs. Um, and he is a fantastic, warm human speaker. But he brings these Latino gang members along with him mm-hmm. to tell their stories to huge audiences. And of mm. course, these guys have never done that before, totally freaked out. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, just tell them, the audience, yeah. your story. And the power of that, mm. not only his belief in them, but his belief that their story will reach this audience that is so different from them. Mm-hmm. and and have a moment of tenderness is so unique. And it's why we get in front of each other to, to talk and tell mm-hmm. stories. It's real, he's really wonderful. wonderful. No, I can't wait to watch that. I do encourage listeners to go out to these things you're recommending because it can be a very powerful learning tool to watch a presentation of any kind and ask yourself, what about that worked for you? What right. about it didn't work for you? And trust your gut. And then learn from the things you thought did work and add it to your toolkit. And also try it on for size because the yeah. things that work for him, the things that work for the queen don't right. necessarily work for us. Yeah. Um, but to know and have and be curious enough to find out which mm-hmm. tools do work for you. Yeah. We started on the positive side of what yeah. makes a good communicator. Are there a, the top, I don't know if it's one, two or three big mistakes that you typically see people making? I love, I'm so glad you asked. Um, That was the other thing that I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about. Do you know Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart? Yes. So he right now currently is reciting all the Shakespearean sonnets in order on his Twitter feed. Okay. I think he's at, right now he's number 23, 24, whatever. Wow. You know, classic Shakespearean actor, trained at RADA, has done all of the Shakespearean roles was Star Trek, for God's sake. Yeah. He messes up all the time. And he's not editing up the mess ups. No. Wow. And what's so great about it is because 
even with that wealth of experience behind him, mm-hmm. he allows himself to be in the moment enough to know, to recognize that he made a mistake, <laughs> whether it be like tripping over a word or yeah. lost or whatever, to acknowledge the mistake with us. Okay. And then forgives himself for it. That is such a great lesson because we all make mistakes all the time. I, <laughs> The thing that I wanted to talk about is is allowing yourself to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I first started out as an actor, I hated getting notes. I hated it. Because, you know, all the whole cast gathers after a run through in the the theater and you're all talking and the director is giving you notes. Yeah, and describe that for listeners that aren't in the theater. So giving notes is basically feedback from your boss. Exactly, getting feedback. Yeah. So he, the director uh, would say at this particular moment, you know, can you turn out this way? Or I couldn't hear that word. Or you didn't do the the staging. You didn't move the way that I wanted you to. So Mm. we need to revisit that. And as a young actor, I always remember sitting with my fellow castmates in that audience and doing this little tally in my head about who got how many Uh, notes, right? Okay. And the person who got the most notes was the worst actor. <laughs> uh-huh. So was that usually me, I'm thinking. But keep going, keep <laughs> no, going. not at all. So it was a silent competition. But as I, as I started doing more jobs and as I grew as an actor or did more acting at different theaters besides this one you know, school, which mm-hmm. was difficult, I realized that you actually want notes mm-hmm. because it helps you to get better. Yeah. And if the director wasn't giving you notes, then they had given up on you in some weird way, right? The the reason why I wanted to bring this up with you and that I've noticed among folks in business, um, they don't, y'all don't get feedback nearly as much as actors do. No, almost all. And I would say on communication, I would say we get it very, very little. Right, right. Actors, every time they get up on stage, every time they run a scene, they're getting feedback. Yeah. Whether it was good, whether it was bad, adjustments to be made, blah, blah, blah. And they Uh expect it. You need to ask for feedback. Uh But you should really do it in a way that is effective for you. Mm -hmm. The first lesson that I would apply in this situation is if you are going to go make a presentation, Mm -hmm. you want to have someone in your audience who is listening to the presentation merely for your skills. Um, and the thing you want to ask them is, I am working on this particular skill. Mm-hmm. Can you listen for that in my presentation? Okay. And that particular skill may be, I am working on trying to make my intention as effective as possible. Okay. Or I'm working on trying not to pace. Okay. Or I'm working on this particular story. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the effect that I want it to have. Is it having that effect? Okay. And it could be other things like I'm trying not to say um all the time yes. or I'm working on my up speak. Right. Or something. It could be more, I guess, technical and not content oriented, right? Exactly. And the thing that that does is that it makes, it gives the artist or the presenter control mm-hmm. over yeah. their development. Yeah. When you are getting feedback from these people who are in your audience who you have designated, Mm -hmm. if they have a suggestion about something that they think you as the speaker should change, this is how they should phrase it to you. 
I have some feedback about that particular story and it, it see, and would you like to hear some feedback about that? Mm-hmm. So then the speaker has the chance to say, you know what, I'm still working on that story or I'm still tender around that moment. Um, I can say no. Mm-hmm. Or yes, I do want that feedback. And then that means that the speaker is open and ready uh, to hear some sort of note or adjustment. And I think that's so important because it is a vulnerable thing to get up and and speak in front of other people. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. So when you ask your audience member to phrase the question, I have some feedback about the beginning would you yes. like to hear it? Yeah. Or I have some feedback about something that you do vocally. Do you want to hear it? Or mm-hmm. I have some feedback about how you are holding your hands. Yes. Do you want to hear that? Yes. Um, it allows uh, the speaker to either be open to it or close, depending on where they are in terms of their process of learning yeah. how to speak in front of other people. Yeah. I love it. It's it's a slight version of this concept in the me suite that we talk about your personal board of directors. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you knew and you were very deliberate about working on something in your communication effectiveness and your storytelling, you're describing someone that you probably bring into your life. It's like a personal board of directors member and you're using them in a very transparent way. And they've agreed to play that role and they've agreed to play it within these instructions. Uh, yeah. For whatever period of time while you work on something that's a con a contract between you and the other person. Yes. And I would find that to be extremely powerful. It also cuts through all of the wheat and chat. It, it makes it direct. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is what I'm working on. Yeah. Is that what you see? You're in total control. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So practical. And you know the Me Sweet podcast very well. I like to be aspirational, but practical. And what can I start doing differently on Monday? And I think you've given us about five different things here. This is beautiful. Is there anything around a communication or just living in the universe that you want to share with listeners before we close? There's been a lot of noise recently, uh, especially as we kind of live through this uncertain time about mm-hmm. um, being on video all the time. Yeah. And the and the negative aspects of that, and I actually I think it's a great great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another tool, just like anything. Yeah. Personally, the Zoom chats that I have had with people have heartened me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, they are um, make me feel grounded, and I just love seeing everyone's face. Mm-hmm. The thing about communicating virtually, however, though, is that it's so important to be succinct mm. and direct and you don't have to repeat yourself because mm-hmm. you're basically watching TV. I mean, like when you have, yeah. a, you have a TV show or a film, you should listen to the dialogue. They don't have big, long speeches. They have one sentence that communicates what they want. Uh-huh. Try to be as direct as possible. Yeah. And um, that makes you as authentic as possible. Yeah. So then that goes back to intention. If I know I have to communicate a message, in a powerful way and it's on video, my intention Mm -hmm. could be to be as direct and succinct as possible. (laughs) Right? So the cat crawls across your shoulders. Right, exactly. (laughs) Very good. 
You know, in the Me Suite, we have sweeteners. Is there something outside of communication, completely unrelated, that you want to share while you have the listeners' ears? Well, I, re- I forgive me for not remembering who your guest was, but they talked about sending notes. Oh, to, that was uh, Nicole, Nicole Tranchatella. Yeah, Tranchatella. Love that name. Uh-huh. Great name. Um, I, you can do that. Uh, hand, you can do that on email as well. I sent a note to mm-hmm. um, my son's science teacher, thanking mm-hmm. her for basically learning how to be a virtual communicate teacher in a week. Yeah. Um, and how I thought she was hitting the tone just right in terms of not being too stressful, but giving these kids something to do. Yeah. Um, and she sent me a note back three weeks later saying what a touchstone that was for wow. her and how it kind of helped her get through um, these, these kind of wild, varied times to yeah. know that some... So if you can tell people that you hear them and that you listen, you're listening, or yeah. I see you, I mm-hmm. see what you're doing out there. That's a great mm-hmm. thing. I believe there's no circumstance on the planet in which I would ever go do that three years again. Can you believe math- we survived? We I survived. can't believe we survived, but I, I can't imagine doing it again. But if I had to do it again, I hope I get to do it with you. So thank you for being here, Conan. Love you. Conan Morrissey, everybody. Too. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the dash me dash suite.com. Suite like executive suite. That's the dash me dash suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life minded.